Hello and welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. I'm Philip Gomes. And here we are again. I'm with uh, Jamie Finch-Penninger. G'day, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. That's good. You look all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed after working another late-night shift. I, I think I might be going into um, a state of hallucination or something like that because I do feel good, so I don't know, I yeah. don't know why that is. Yeah, definitely that phase. Yeah. And we have uh, Rachel DeBear as well, um, who's yeah. also been working shifts, but right now she's doing a morning shift. I'm so. on holiday. You're on holiday. <laughs> Feels easy, doesn't it? No, I think mornings are worse <laughs> <laughs> than the late nights. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, anchoring this uh, as well to some degree is uh, is Anthony Tan. Yes, I'm flanked. I'm I'm on your flank. Domestic. Yes. Or co-pilot. Um, I'm kind of like uh, Vincenzo Nibali with Fabio Rue. I say that I'm going to work for you, but really, I'm just going to knife you. That's why you're actually sitting behind me right now. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, for those of you uh, just getting up to speed about what happened, uh, stage seven of the Tour de France ended in a somewhat farcical fashion when the final inflatable um, uh, arch or what do you call it, the, 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 kil- the last kilometer kite, the big red kite that you see that's sponsored by Vittel Water, and um, that came down and basically crushed a bunch of riders and a whole bunch of people backed up right into it. Uh, rode right into it at full gas uh, in the final K. Motos, the whole deal. It was uh, pretty much carnage. Um, probably the biggest casualty out of that was uh, Orica Bike Exchange's Adam Yates, who was on a good day. And actually, to be quite honest, after the stage when times were readjusted, was still on a good day. And he, uh, while he put a really big gash in his chin, he's still uh, in second place overall on on, uh, on GC, which is excellent for him, and he's in the uh, the white uh, best uh, young riders jersey as well. So, despite what happened for him, it's uh, boxes ticked really um, for that talented rider. Dimension uh, Data Stephen Cummings uh, won the stage uh, as usual. Stephen Cummings, the new Yenzi, the breakaway specialist, uh, rode away from uh, from the break and uh, and pretty well finished it off. I think only Vincenzo Nimbley was the one that was uh, was there with him at the start. And then um, Dara Olympia, I think, rode through in the end to, uh, to finish second. Uh, Greg Vernavermaat of BMC uh, retained the overall leader's uh, yellow jersey, and I think he added a little bit of time to, to, uh, to what he had before. Um, and uh, it was a good stage for BMC overall. Uh, won the 162-kilometer stage from Leal Jourdain to Lac de Piole, which uh, featured the Col d'Espagne, which I think a lot of people thought would, ha- would, would have more of an effect than, than it actually did. Uh, next for the peloton will be the incredible 184-kilometer stage from Pau to Bannière de Luchon, which includes a tourmalet, uh, called a tourmalet, and three further categorized climbs, uh, which in short is pot- potentially a nutty stage. Uh, anything could happen. Um, I'll start with Anthony on this one. Uh, you had a look. What happened? What do you reckon? These breakaway specialists, they seem to be at their best when they're in their Indian summer. So if you look at... Jackie, the, his predecessors like Jackie Durand, uh, Jens Voltz, they're, they're all in their sort of mid-30s. So there must be something to do with just having that endurance in your legs to be able to pull off these moves and the, the, the smarts to be able to do so. Because I was, I was always putting, you know, in my stage previews at the end, I put in oh, who, who might win this stage. And I put in Steve Cummings in a number of stages, but I didn't pick this one. And, you know, he obviously kept his cards very close to his chest. Uh, but, you know, you can t- there's a pattern now. You know, he won a stage like this in last year's tour. Then this season he won a, a stage uh, 
in Torino Adriatico, to Basque Country, Criterium de Dauphiné, and now the Tour de France. So you can't, you can no longer say what he does is a fluke. There's, it's very calculated, and uh, you know, it's it's quite beautiful to watch, really, and uh, to be able to essentially ride away from Nibali, even though he had ridden the Giro before, shows you just how classy a rider this guy is. Uh, Jamie, to mention that, uh, I mean, are they, they're going to keep winning if they keep going like this. They're going to win everything, basically. It was four out of seven now. Yeah, well, I think you said to me yesterday, Phil, um, can it get any better for Dimension Data? And I said, yes, Cummings can win a stage. Or you did. Or or not. And yeah, they've, <laughs> they've gone out straight away and, you know, just kept on building on that success. So yeah, great news for them. Um, it's great to see Cummings win. And the interview he did after was, you know, He's just a real guy that I think a lot of people can relate to. And um, he got a bit shafted by the Olympic selectors, unfortunately, so maybe that gave him a, a bit of fuel to the fire to help him go for the victory. Uh, Rich, uh, you know, after the race, he said uh, he said something like, um, yeah, I just kind of wrote, I saw what was happening, I just rode away and just got on with it. Yeah, well, he said something about he wanted to hurt the people behind him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, but he, he said also about the Olympics. What did he What did he say? Oh, it's time, it's time to move on. This is like the biggest, biggest show Bigger show than the Olympics. Yeah, so. yeah. So he kind of rubbed it in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little. Oh, I think, though, <laughs> Phil, it's it's worth bringing up because I don't think a sport director on a team, on a world tour team, should be in charge or have something to do with Olympic selection. It's not like this is not just restricted to Great Britain. You know, we've had the same problem with choosing Australian riders. Uh, um, they do tend to favour OGE because Matt White is on the board of selectors. I know we've, you've got Bradley McGee, but you, there are a number of retired professionals who are not working in the World Tour Peloton who could be to just as good or arguably a, a better, a less biased job, I should say, of selecting the right guys. Um, Adam Yates, Jamie, he... Seemed okay at the end. I mean, it was just a bit of a shock, a bit of a bit of a shake up. Yeah, a bit of skin off the face, but um, he seems to be okay. I mean, it's maybe maybe a bit hard to say because you hear about concussion a lot of times, but he seemed mm. perfectly compass mentis at the end of the stage. So it's a it's a dangerous sport though, cycling, isn't it? I mean, and you know, somebody getting their belt caught on the cable <laughs> of a of an air compressor can you know suddenly can suddenly um, bring a, a crucial part of the course crashing down upon you. I think um, Orica Green Edge has a thing about kind of like gantries and things that go over. Uh, sorry, not Orica Green Edge. Excuse me, Orica Bike Exchange. I have a thing about gantries and things that go over their heads. It seems they're always uh, the victims of this kind of circumstance. At least they didn't cause it this time. No, he no, it wasn't theirs this time. But you know, it was still some you know an attack but they from were, above. They were involved. As whenever there's a calamitous situation. Uh, well, O-G-E, now O-B-E. They're never uh, far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. We didn't see... The thing is, we didn't see the crash replayed on television or we, we didn't see it on television at all, so we don't know how bad it was. We just saw his chin cut up, so it could have actually... Who knows, that adrenaline going through you, you just don't know. It's just like Contador. We don't know the extent of his injuries because he's, he's not going to let on about that. Yeah, yeah. That, and I don't, I don't... Sorry, go ahead, I was there, Rich. going to say there's a Velon video in the stage report now up on our website and it actually shows... Well, Him going the, into it. They've got the GoPro off the back of the, mo- off the moto, I think. And um, 
yeah, he's he literally just it, it fell just just as he was coming, and he's just just gone rode right over it, and he's just like flown and, yeah, and, and, the and then straight away like the guys behind him and the motos got caught up in it as well and yeah it was pretty crazy <laughs> why would you ride if you saw it coming down oh why? no it was like in, it was an instant oh, kind of okay. like he had no time to do anything so yeah no belts allowed at the tour de france yeah. anymore is that is that the rule no people just be walking around without belts <laughs> well i'd be a bit worried about some of the the spectators on the side of the road i mean they have enough trouble keeping their pants on as is yeah. so. <laughs> That's true. Plumber's crack. Uh, the same thing actually happened um, in the tour down under. I was reminded of yeah. it by somebody on Twitter, and um, I, I, d- I didn't actually see it at the time, but they had a collapsing a collapsing banner as well. And I remember I remember seeing the the footage afterwards of the riders ducking to try and get under. So you know, it could have been a similar situation. Yeah, all the there. spectators were all holding holding it up. Yeah, Australians a bit more on point yeah. than French people. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's How do you right. get your belt cord on on that anyway? Uh, what are you doing? Uh, that's, just, <laughs> that's, that's just the weirdest theory. It's just, uh, man. I, I, you, you, that's the one thing about the tour. That's the one thing about professional cycling in, in general. Just when you think you've seen everything, <laughs> right, something new comes along and it just kind of goes, you kind of go, yeah, yeah, you know what, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's the world's <laughs> biggest bike race and something like this happens. I mean, they've... Obviously, the tour have got more money than any other organizer yet. You know, as they say, shit happens. Uh, but it, inadvertently, it extended Van Avermaet's lead. And, uh, you know, you said yesterday, Phil, oh, how far can he go? I, I said, you know, he's probably going to go to even before last night's stage, I thought he could go to the uh, to the Alps, I should say. And, and it's important to note that Van Abermatt didn't actually ride like a yellow jersey last night. He rode like a guy who was looking for a breakaway stage win. Yeah, so just say he hops in another one. I mean, how many times are they going to let him? It, it was just so unusual to see the Maya Jean in a break and riding like a guy in the break, not defending his lead. In in the post-race, uh, post-race interviews, we got a nice little compile from the BMC guys. And I've got to say, they were they all seem to be really containing really giant smiles. Uh, you can tell them behind behind the you know the, the the placid exteriors, they were just lolling away in the background because they were thinking, oh, yeah, this is good for us. This is really good. Richie, Van Garderen, etc. So, I mean, tactically, how does this look for them? Yeah, well, I think they would have been very pleased with what happened on the stage because they didn't actually have to use any. Um, any of their firepower up um, from their domestics. It was just Van Avermaet sitting in the break. So, and, he, and realistically, he's not a mountain domestic for the guys like Van Garderen and Port. So they're going to be, you know, very happy if Van, if uh, Van Avermaet can just defend the jersey all by himself for the for the next um, day or two. I don't think he can defend it in Andorra, um, Tanny. That's where I I differ from you because that is one beast of a climb that they're going to finish on there. Six minutes, though, so he, he might even lose... I mean, you can lose 15 minutes on a day. It depends how hard he's going to try to defend it, I think. Mm. He's, he's not a natural climber, though. You saw that when he was going up the Aspan. He was in a far too big a gear, and I, I think over a, a very long climbing stage, he's just going to wear himself out, constantly pushing that massive gear that he does. The, uh, the day he took the Maya Jean, he, he he rode away from a guy who on paper, should have beaten him. De Gent? Yes, yeah. third at the Giro. Yeah, that was five years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> True. 
So I mean, but, but he does have form. No, I, I, we'll, form. Let, we'll let the we'll let the race decide. But mm. I mean, you know, it's a uh, it's just speculation until it happens. No, but I, I take your point on that uh, on that with the Ghent because effectively we had a similar scenario last night with uh, with Nibali as well. Mm. You know, so he's he's holding off quality riders. Yeah, reform, I mean, so. why why would I yeah. mean everything's fine on paper because you cut you go on paper and you go well Nibali should have uh, overtaken uh, Cummings last night, yet. Yeah, you can go, okay, well, the guy rode the Jira, but still Cummings paced himself perfectly. And the thing about if these guys treat each stage like a one-day race, you know, they they, they perhaps, the one-day riders, you know, um, yeah, they approach the race differently and, it might work in his benefit because he just keeps being underrated. Oh, no, he'll lose it, he'll lose it. I'm not saying he's going to finish on the podium. I'm just saying he could hold on to it for longer than one would expect. You're kind of thinking like that whole Tommy Vokler uh, scenario from a few years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, people kind of wrote him off after he finished. he, He spent 10 days in yellow in 2004 people thought he couldn't do that again yeah at the, at the 2011 tour de france you know volkler got in a breakaway and he held it till three days before the finish so and then finished fourth overall so uh you know anything can happen um the the talk uh, heading into this stage two was uh, was going to be assessing the state of uh, alberto contador's injuries he's he's come out of that in pretty good shape. I mean, nothing really happened to, to affect him. He did, he did actually uh, kind of have a... He was part of that incident uh, where the, when the kite mm-hmm. fell. Um, but other than that, he just kind of came out of it okay, didn't he? Right? Yeah, yeah. He said that each day he's getting better, like day by day. And, and you know, he's, he's, he's getting into terrain that he's more suited to and he doesn't have to try and drive through the flatlands and stuff or, or the rolling terrain. But... Um, yeah, he's kept. He didn't lose any more time, so I think he'll. Be, he said he just reading the post race stuff. He seemed fairly happy like, after that stage. So well, we'll see how he pulls up. Well, let, let's let's actually look at that stage. So as I mentioned earlier, it's 184 kilometers from uh, Pau to uh, Banyeres de Luchon, and uh, includes uh, the Tourmalet, which is uh, no small no small berg, and then three other categorized climbs. And then the finish is, uh, is a, a, a mid, mid-length kind of descent uh, to the finish. Um, I've got my ideas of who I think can win that. I don't think it'll be, uh, I don't think it'll be one of the GC guys, but you may want to differ, uh, Anthony. Well, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it will be a GC guy. This, this, the, the plan for the organizers, as I said before, they, they're, they're trying to create suspense right up until the last day so this is why they have these downhill finishes so it was basically um you know it was objective satisfied for them last night and then based on what transpired last night even with these climbs I think it's still too early for someone like Quintana to do a long-range attack I just don't see him doing that it's just too risky we've seen how good uh, th- those teams like Movistar and Sky are so evenly matched. I think they know how to ride tempo to then bri- bridge that uh, gap back if Quintana were, were to do that, and then it would 
cost him in the final week. It would be the reverse, whereas, you know, Froome was less strong in the final week in years past. Now he's he's built his season, so he is um, the strongest in the final week. So you, you wouldn't want to see Quintana falter, and I, I just don't see him taking that, that type of risk. So, yeah, uh, I see another breakaway happening, and... Uh, you know, the, the, they're in the tour guide, their forecast that it will be for, you know, the guys will go for the um, the mountain points because I know Jamie actually said yesterday, yes, they get double points on the mountaintop finish. However, those mountaintop finishes are generally fought out by the GC contenders. So um, this is the stage if you're going to make a... Um, vie for the, the Maya Poire, the polka dot, then this is a stage to do it. Um, Jamie, we saw last night, there was actually one notable ca- casualty last night, um, which was um, uh, Thibaut Pinot, and he lost a lot of time. He was not good on the Espanol at all. Um, if he wakes up to m- this morning, uh, French time, and, and his legs feel a little bit better, it may be the kind of stage where he decides, okay, well, I'm going to have to readjust or reassess my ambitions for the uh, for the tour, and it's the kind of stage he might want to have a have a shot at. Yeah, well, we've seen Thibaut Pinot do this before. He did it at the Dauphiné, where he was on a pretty bad race, and then he went and won the stage. We saw it last year at the Tour de France, where he was on a pretty rough um, GC, and he then switched to stage hunting. And I think he took second on that stage where Cummings won, or was it third? Anyway, he was in a battle with Bardet, and and then Cummings just slipped past. Yeah, I think he will reassess and try and go for more of a stage hunting role, as you say. He did look very bad yesterday. I mean, sweat was just pouring off him in buckets and maybe he's sick or something or maybe his legs are just that bad because he he didn't look good at all. So I'm not sure about tomorrow, but certainly he'll be looking to... Yeah, shift his ambitions. Um, who do you think? Uh, who do you think is a potential for this stage tonight? Uh, I think I'm with Tanny. I don't see any of the really big guys going for it today, and I think we'll probably see a breakaway win. So who that could be? Um, Rui Costa, because I, <laughs> I, I, like, I like Rui Costa. <laughs> He's a big Rui man. Look at him. <laughs> Um, you're probably hoping that Portugal wins the football on uh, <laughs> on Monday morning as well against France, aren't you? Uh, well, only if the um, if the Portuguese footballer Rui Costa was playing, then I'd um, then I'd be supporting. Be in there, right? But, yeah, um, he's retired now. Yeah, he is too. Yes, uh, Rach. Um, let's assume the race doesn't play out as a as a breakaway, right? And uh, somebody decides to go nuts. Who's your likely suspect? Well, you may not know overall. Yeah, that's right. To, t- to take a real shot at that stage. I'd really love to see Port do it. Really? But I don't think he's going to. But he, <laughs> he won't. <laughs> it's just a... I'd love to see him do, do something, get that, get that time back. But I think he's aiming for the Olympics and he's not going to go too hard. I don't know. I'm, I was wait, just thinking wait of, later. Sorry? He's going to wait later in the stage or in a tour. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more of a Tekla. How do you say his name? Tekla Hemanot. Yeah, I think he's probably just going to go for that that first um, HC climb for the points. Yeah, the big points. Yeah. Well, Tomo Volkler has won here, um, you know, in the past twice, and then the last time they the tour came here when Michael Rogers won in two thousand and fourteen. Volkler was also in the break now, so you have to say that Volkler will be in the break of 
uh, tonight. Because it's tra- it's tradition. <laughs> yes, he, he loves it. He loves. He, he hasn't stuck out his tongue enough. Right. Yeah, he hasn't been on camera for a few days. So. <laughs> Picks, Jamie, tonight. Oh, I've given I've given you mine. Who uh, was that again? It was Rui Costa. Oh yeah, he, that's right, Rui Costa. Come on, I mean, give me a serious pick. Serious pick? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think we'll see the GC guys um, that are a bit lower down. So like your ports, um, maybe Bardet, maybe Bargee. Rachel, mm. come on, get it out. I reckon Nibbly might go for that for the downhill. Nibbly, okay. I don't know. Anthony. I'll say Tommy Volkler. Tommy Volkler. I'm yeah. going to go with uh, Joachim uh, Rodriguez, a Perito. I think this one's perfectly built for him. Well, yeah, I mean, we he hasn't done much this tour, so... He's laying in wait. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's time. It's time, yes. Okay, well, on that note, I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll pack it in uh, for, uh, for Saturday. Um, don't forget to tune in to SBS and also to Skoda Tour Tracker apps uh, tonight at 9.30 for what should be a very, very interesting stage for the entire Peloton.